Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We are sponsoring ourselves today, www.themaximuspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself a membership to the Inner Circle. Pause this podcast and do it now. You'll have access to workouts, nutrition, what else, Joe? Psychological material to better yeah, yourself. Motivation, uh, uh, articles videos. every week, videos. Yep, but the best part is the community. You'll have access to people all over the world who uh, come together and support each other. It's like having a permanent workout buddy uh we're actually going to start advertising so you know uh the maximuspodcast.com is the tinder for workout buddies there it is (laughs) where you can meet your friends but joe and i are on there all the time um talking to you guys uh interacting with you guys answering questions and if we aren't people from the community are so certainly join that we're also sponsored by lalo tactical uh l-a-l-o.com is the website use the code maximus 20 to get your uh money back a little bit get 20 percent off but go buy yourself a pair of maximus shoes and anything else they sell it's a great product we believe in so now that the bills are paid we are ready for our topic we are with uh, our very special guest lisa maximus lisa say hello hi everybody hi lisa <laughs> hey and she is she is the uh inspiration for today's podcast oh i just love when I'm the inspiration. <laughs> yes so i'm, I'm gonna say this i, I want to say this for effect today's podcast we were looking uh to help some people uh we we often give people dietary advice uh, relationship advice uh advice to deal with idiots mm-hmm. i suppose joe would be a would be a good way to put it like that guy at river valley i mean that's that, that's uh, like a catch-all you know yeah like it's, it's just a catch-all uh how to how to cope with karen from accounting uh-huh. uh, but today it's a very important topic to help people and we are going to help people be completely fucking miserable yeah because people, it seems people that are walking people, around way too happy we gotta, we gotta put too a stop happy. to that <laughs> but it actually it actually seems to me that people want to be miserable so yeah. we might as well just help them out yeah let's so go that route. A miserable one or walking around way too happy uh, <laughs> Maybe it depends on the time of day i don't know it, that's it, actually joe that'd be very accurate yeah <laughs> it depends on the time of day and who i'm talking to I'm like Sybil. I have like 17 personalities. Yeah, right pretty much. Like, the, There's actually a movie about that, Joe. The Many Faces of Eve, I think it's called. Huh. It's like an old old thriller. Anyway, okay. um, figured you know because you were in film. But <laughs> I was thinking more like Psycho, but okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, at least you fall into that category. So. Um, so you know, Joe, it's the hormones from the new baby. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I put this thing in her and I made her go through this. And it's rotten for me. You know how it goes. I, I, I don't we know. Just, that, we just hit the nail on the head, didn't we, Lisa? We just got to the root of it right there. The, the root of it. Just <laughs> Actually, I actually am going to argue that. I, this, this baby was my choice, a little more my choice. The first one was a little more Rod's choice. That's, okay. you know, she might not be so wrong So I actually did not. I did use that pregnancy one. I did not say that pregnancy <laughs> too. Fair enough. But this, this actually goes to our topic. And Lisa, how you're the inspiration for making people miserable. Uh, I make people miserable. No, for making people miserable. I, I love it when it, we, we're just we're hot out of the gates. This is great. Yeah. Let's go. Come on. There was a girl who you're friends with on Instagram that put up. I thought a very thoughtful story on her Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Lisa's been putting on some content. Lisa looks like she's never had a baby in her life. This is a month after having the baby. Uh, she deadlifted and squatted well over 300 pounds while she was pregnant. She's back in the gym working out a month after a C-section and everything's gold. And she posts about it because that's her real life. And unfortunately to this girl who, who put up uh, her Instagram stories, that girl felt triggered and she felt angry that Lisa was posting this stuff. And, you know, God bless her. She had the maturity to take a step back and realize that it wasn't Lisa's actions that were triggering her. 
it was her actual own insecurity. So I thought it came together to, to be a very um, useful post. Would you say that, Lisa? Absolutely. I think we all do that. You know, I argued with you, 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 Rob and I were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I don't know, um, you know, with Instagram, how you can affect other people. And I was like, isn't that what Instagram is? Like, isn't there an actual scientific study that was done that people are like 90% more depressed when they get off social media? For miserable people. Yeah. Right. Not for not miserable people. Because, Joe, I don't know about you, I don't feel like that. Like, when I see somebody else winning, it doesn't mean I'm losing. When I see somebody doing well, it doesn't mean I'm doing bad. Um, I, I, I like that you said that, that, that you talk a lot about blowing out someone else's candle doesn't yeah. make your sign any brighter. And I think those are just wonderful. That takes a lot of self-work. Yes. A lot of self-work. Yeah. That's a very valid point, Lisa, because we could, we could just gloss over like how intense it is to actually be able to get to that point. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I just something valid to talk about, but I do think that, when I was younger, I mean, I, I suffered from that, like the triggering thing where I was like, do you feel like that? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Like I absolutely get triggered, but I do notice within five seconds that I'm being triggered and I get really happy for that person to realize that yeah. I've got self-work. Too. And, and with the self-work thing, Lisa, in fairness, you also come from a place of the world, West Bloomfield Hills, where that's a very common behavior. So you also talked about Instagram where this is a problem for people, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that are trying to keep up with the Joneses, That's so to speak. And, yeah, and you yeah. come from a very, you come yeah. from a very affluent neighborhood where people are very concerned with what you wear, what you drive, who does your hair, who your nanny is, how much money you spend on things, what country club you're a member of. These are mm-hmm. things that you grew up with. So, yeah. I mean, growing up, there was a point in time when I had, um, I had strep throat and I had to go to the doctor. And I came down in like my pajamas and I'm like notorious for having the ugliest pajamas on the face of the planet. Like they're like the top does not match the bottom. They're like 20 years old. It's horrifying. And um, my mom was like, where are you going? And I was like, I thought we had a doctor's appointment. She's like, you're not wearing that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I've known this doctor for years. And, you know, who else are you going to see when you go there? It's like you're not even allowed to be sick and go to the doctors looking like shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, like the country club stuff. It's a big deal from where yeah. you're from. Country club membership. Like, or multiple. Yeah. yeah. Or multiple country clubs, Joe. Imagine that. So if you somehow just like the YMCA and want to take your kids swimming there, Lisa just made a face that would imply to me that you're trash. Yeah. Or that yeah. you're garbage somehow. It's just you don't do – you just don't – I mean – Not where she's from because you get socially ostracized mm-hmm. for doing stuff like that. So it's not – Instagram's not the problem. I look at it as just Instagram's another tool to feed that type of behavior. Like it's yeah. no different than going out to your neighbor's house and looking at them. And, and Joe, you actually talked to the prep for this about a really good uh, – that commercial, which I'd love yeah. for you to talk about. I, I, I can't remember exactly what that commercial was for, but I just, I remember it was a guy and he had, he had the great big house, the beautiful yard. And he's like riding around on his lawnmower. And it's like, yep, I did it. You know, I've got the wife, the, you know, two cars in the garage. I've got the five bedroom house, the white picket fence, just bought this new lawnmower. Like, how do I manage it all? I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Yep. And, and that's like, how much, that's yeah. how most people live. Like and, and that's that's the truth. Like most people are walking around with tons of debt, and the only reason they really have it isn't out of necessity. It's out of this desire to put on airs to make it seem like they're able to afford the same things their neighbors are. Keep up with people. There was a thing I read the other day that the average American has four hundred dollars in their bank account. Right. That's it. And I was like, well, whoa. I, I remember that's... reading this. This was a few years back. But if you have zero credit card debt and a dollar in your pocket, that puts you like in the wealthiest ten percent of the country. 
Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's true. So it just shows you that people try to compare. So in spirit of that, Joe, we made a list of things that will help make you miserable. And rule number one is to compare yourself to other people. Yeah. That's a real easy way. And especially if you set your sights nice and high, you can make yourself crazy with this one. You know, and it's, it's funny because people compare themselves to each other and they're both miserable. So Lisa's looking at the neighbor and she's like, Oh my God, they, uh, they have a beautiful house. They have cars. Their kids are always nice. I wish I had that life. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, that girl's getting beaten by her husband. Yeah. Her kids are miserable and they're in debt up to their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Well, that girl's looking back at Lisa thinking, oh my God, I want Lisa's life. Like she works out every day. Her kids are cute. Her her husband is the dreamiest man I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just spitballing here it's thinking funny. about some things. Back to that the post that, that my friend did um, with being triggered. I actually said the exact same thing back to her. I'm like – you know, first of all, <clears throat> I was sucking in. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I was sucking in some of those pictures pretty good. Yeah. And I'm over here struggling my ass off with breastfeeding, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what drugs can I go on to help my breastfeeding? Let's fix my kid's tongue tie. I'm up all night long, you know, trying to figure it out and comparing myself to everybody else. So it, it, it's the same thing, right? Where it's like, yeah. I'm jealous of other people for their breastfeeding abilities, where they're looking at me like, well, I just wish I got back to my pre pregnancy shape. And so it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Well, and it's, it's so funny, Joe. I'll use the husband or wife example. Mm-hmm. Everybody complains about their wife and their husband to a degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do today, rather than fix it, you get divorced and you get a new one and you think all the problems are going to go away. Yeah. Well, maybe those problems go away, but you just get saddled with a whole group of new problems. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're trading one set of problems for another. 100%. And people don't realize that. I mean, you can you can have – Two uh, two women in the gym, for example, and the one woman says, "I can't believe my husband works all the time. This is terrible. I wish I had your husband because he's home with the kids." Lisa, you're so lucky. And Lisa says, "Well, my husband never brings me flowers. Your husband brings mm-hmm. you flowers once a week." It's like, why don't y'all just trade? Just trade, and then and then <laughs> you get what you want, and you get what you want, and then, you know what'll happen, Joe? In a month. They'll come back to complaining about the different stuff. Yep. The one that's got the flowers every week is not going to get the flowers. I'm going to be around all the time. But then she'll be complaining about that. So you just can't win. No. So don't pick up people on the internet. Don't look at the neighbor. Don't look at your best friend and compare yourself to another person's situation because it's a dead end and you can never, ever, ever well, and, win. And you're comparing yourself to an illusion anyway because nobody's ever going to to share – the hard parts of their life. Nobody's yep. going to share the points where they're weak, where they struggle, where they're uncomfortable. You know, like like maybe maybe the lady whose whose husband stays home with the kids and is a great dad, like that's a good benefit of that relationship, but they could be flat broke. Right. Because yeah. he's not working. And so they're not going to go on the internet and be like, I'm so glad I'm broke, you know, and, or just keep posting about how broke they are because that that's like the it's not the point of the whole thing. No. And that's exactly it is that you what you see there, if someone's bragging about one thing, it's not that people don't have the right to to, uh, to flaunt or brag about the things that are successful, but we don't hear about the other side, right? Like everyone's right. insecurities, right? It's like I want you want curly hair because you have straight hair, and I want straight hair because I have curly hair. It's that whole thing. <laughs> but the other side of that coin too is that um, I love when people compare themselves to something that isn't even comparable. 
you ever do the thing where someone's like, well, I just, I want to look like Giselle Bündchen. Like, why can't I dress like that? I'm like, Bobby was just like, saying that, that exact phrase to me not two hours ago. Yeah, I'm like, you're five foot two. You're five foot two, yeah. and your structure is nothing like her. Like that, the, the, when someone wants to compare themselves to someone they can't, they just like, okay, for example, myself. I have broad shoulders and a really narrow hip, like a narrow waist. In fact, I look a lot smaller than I actually am. When people try to fit me in clothes, like in a jacket, they're like, what are you, a small? I'm like, no, I'm like a large. Like I'm quite big around my bust. I'm quite big around my shoulder. And I have a really small waist and really small legs. This is my genetics. I'm not complaining. I'm just stating the things that the way that they are. I can dress myself to look a certain way and look awesome. And I can put certain outfits on that make me look terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I just unflattering, right? I can't sit there and be like, okay, well, the today's fashion statement is high-waisted leggings with a crop top bra and booty, you know, booty shoes. And I'm, I'm, if I tried to follow that, I'd look like shit. Yeah. But I compare myself to the girl that's wearing those things. I'm not her frame. I'm not her height. I'm not her skin tone. I'm not whatever those things are. And so I think we get caught also in this place of people we shouldn't even be comparing ourselves to. Like you're never going to look like Giselle Bunchen. You're not. You're not five eleven. Like that's not going to happen. Like you, it's almost like what Rob was saying was finding someone not to compare yourself to, but like, mm-hmm. a, like a better comparison or yeah. I don't know. But, but well, the, the, the other thing that people do then, Lisa, cause it's not just like, like neighbor to neighbor, right? Like sometimes you're comparing yourself to people in totally different neighborhoods. If like, you know, you, if we're living next to each other and, and we're doing the whole straight hair, curly hair thing, that's one thing. But like then collectively, we also compare ourselves to like the, the billionaire neighborhood down the street. And we don't realize that that billionaire is doing the same exact thing with his neighbors. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a time when, when I was a, a credit crisis counselor. So I answered this hotline for people who are, are drowning in credit card debt. And a guy that I uh, actually was working with. He he was broke. He was flat freaking broke. Now, his uh, child was like a child actor. And so there was a bunch of money in the bank, and he kept taking that money out of the bank to pay the mortgage, to, to keep the country club, to do all the things to, so the neighbors wouldn't know that he was broke and hadn't had a job in like two years. And he's like, what am I going to do? I have to like pay my child back for all this money, and I don't have any income. That's yep. like it, and that's going on in like this really rich, ritzy LA kind of a setting. It's also going on in a different scale in every neighborhood, in every town across the entire country. And so you can't even just like step outside yourself and say, well, okay, maybe that's just like me and my neighbor going at it. You know, the grass is always greener. But then you want to compare yourself to somebody who's way outside your status, and you just you have no clue of how much bigger their problems even are. Yeah. And oh yeah. Joe, it goes back to the because Lisa's been watching the. Ted Bundy uh, series on Netflix. Ah. Do you know what you know? What the number one thing about Ted Bundy that was said, mm-hmm. he seemed like such a nice, handsome man. Yeah. Well, no, not really. Um, but this <laughs> is what people's perception of him was. So you can say you met somebody at a party once; they're a really nice person. You know nothing about that person, right? right. You can say, "Oh, I met somebody at a fundraiser. They were really cool, and they believe in their goals." You know nothing about that person like there was just you know you know for example there was there are allegations that come out about people all the time joe 
whether it's it's R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, uh, Tony Robbins had a bunch of stuff levied against them. Politicians do like you. You can't watch somebody for two minutes and determine what their life's like and then compare it to yours. Right. Right. The the second one that this you know the second thing that you're going to need to do though moving on the first the first one's obviously compare yourself to others. If you really want to be miserable and unhappy, complain a lot. Yeah. Here's another one that people do, and I I feel Joe. I actually talked to people at uh, there's this place, Health Catalyst. Lisa and I work where we do their corporate training, and I was talking with them today. People just feel the need to complain to get attention, and one of the reasons they do it is because they get positive attention in return. So oh, imagine imagine this, Joe. You're a girl. Mm-hmm. You walk into a gym. And you're with four of your other girlfriends and you say, I'm feeling really fat today. Oh, no, honey, you're fabulous. I'm the fat one. You look great. Well, you think as your friend, you're trying to reassure her. What you're actually doing is giving her positive reinforcement for some really bad negative self-talk. Women sit with their husbands all the time. If you were to sit Lisa down and say, what do you think? And I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't read her mind, but I I would hope that if you were to sit down and do an interview, like Lisa, what do you think about your husband? He's great. He helps out with the baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he's doing my hours at work. Uh, He, he brought me food the other day. Like that would be your accurate representation. We put you around the wrong person and it's, well, he didn't bring me food today. He didn't ask to hold the baby. He didn't do this for me. And it's almost like you're complaining just to get feedback from mm-hmm. the other person. And by the way, we all do this, myself oh, included. Like the break room at any office, that's exactly what it is. Nobody is satisfied with their job and everybody is trying to out complain each other. Like yeah. what's the worst story you can tell about work? They're not trying to say like what are the positive things. It's always like, what's the worst thing about the job? But you know what's funny? What happens? Because I know that I, this is like a huge topic for me, and it's something that I realize that all of us women do. And I actually don't allow it in the gym, in my, my women's classes, because I can't, I can't stand listening to women talk about their weight and this and that. I just like it's, it just gets annoying. And um, what happens when you walk into a group of friends and say, "Doesn't my ass look great today?" My ass, you guys, look at my ass. It looks so. Good. It's actually something that I do <laughs> to my friends. <laughs> and I talk about like, I mean, my pregnancy during the pregnancy, I never complained that once. I didn't complain about my stuff. I didn't physically like what I looked like physically mm-hmm. is what I mean. Complain plenty about being pregnant. Mm-hmm. But like what I, what I looked like, I just didn't, I don't, I didn't care. I didn't care how much weight I gained. I didn't complain about it. I didn't complain about the size of my belly or if I was showing or I'm in this awkward phase of showing and not showing. And people just think I'm fat. I didn't, I, didn't care. I don't care. If you think I'm fat, you yeah. can think I'm fat. I don't care. But you know what it does? One of two things, it pisses people off royally, right? Or it turns into this like positive self-talk situation where the girls know when they're around me, like I don't listen to it. I don't talk about it. And they're like, you know, it's really empowering to hear you like not self-deprecate, right? Like it's, I'm not, I'm like, but I'm pregnant. Like, oh, you look really good. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm pregnant. I don't care. I don't really care what I look like. I don't really care. And I shut it down. But it's amazing how if you walked up to a group of friends and my friends are super supportive, which is why I love them. And I'm like, hey, you guys, I'm pregnant. My ass looks so good. Like it's getting bigger. It looks so good. They're all really supportive and and not. But if you walk into the wrong group of people like that and you want to talk about how hot you are or how good your ass looks or how good your hair is, you ain't got a lot of friends. We also we also talked about the difference between men and women in that regard. 
But that, like, yeah, like it's, but that's considered cocky. Yeah. Like if no. you walk around, like, you know, it's almost like it's socially acceptable. My point is this, it's socially acceptable to walk around with self-deprecating behavior and talk yeah. about how you are and fat you are. And in fact, you'll get praised for it. You walk around and talk about how hot you are and how good you look and how hard you worked for it. Your friend, people yeah. think you're cocky. Like, well, it's if, like, oh, if you spend any time like on the, on the internet in any kind of like forum setting, like most of the jokes, most of the the memes that are shared, the pictures are all about like depression and like being socially awkward or having anxiety. It's never about like being positive. It's never people aren't sharing stories about how how they are confident and comfortable in social settings. It's no, it's like like a contest to see who can be the most miserable. Right. Yeah. Well, Joe, you also with this difference of the sexes too. Back to that a little bit. It, c- it came up the other day because we were talking about it. I actually used you as an example. One of the things we were talking about, I can't remember who it was, Lisa, but somebody in your circle, I can't remember if they were close or they were just acquaintances, they were complaining about something. And my reaction was, why didn't you just set them straight? Like, boo-hoo, you have a problem. And Lisa made a comment like, well, girls don't do that to each other. That's just not how, yeah. how they talk. And I said, well, like, Joe, if I called you yesterday and said, oh, my God, Lisa's driving me nuts, this whole baby thing, blah, 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 blah. You would say something sarcastic like, oh, it must be tough to have a wife that looks after the baby while you go work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I like you around is you kind of check me on that stuff. Or you'll say, dude, really, are you complaining about this right now? Is that really a problem in your life or are you looking for attention? This is what this is what people do. But whether it's about your looks, people complain about their spouse. Yep. People complain about their kids. Yep. People complain about their car. And honestly, Joe, I think it's a way to just get attention and positive reinforcement. Yeah, it, it really is. Like I said, it's almost this contest to see who can be the most miserable. When I was working at uh, at St. Mary's, I mean, just just wait for some old person to walk into the room. Oh, yeah. And if there were two old people sitting there, it was who was the sickest, who had the worst diagnosis or the worst experience at the doctor. It was never about who was vibrant and healthy and just glad to be there. No, right. you know what my favorite thing to do is, Joe, and, and you guys at home can feel free to do this. When somebody complains about their spouse, Joe, yeah. like you, you call me up and say, yeah, mate, Megan's driving me crazy lately. Like I'm having a – Joe, have you ever considered a divorce? <laughs> and watch how quickly they shut up because uh-huh. all of a sudden it's like, oh, or – I call you and I'd be like, yeah, Lisa's driving me nuts. She didn't, you know, did not let me watch a football game today. You know, you should, I have a good number for a divorce lawyer. You should uh, (laughs) look into that. Like you can really shut people down or, hey, I can't stand my car. I can't, hey, have you ever, you ever considered getting a bus pass? I hear the bus is really nice to ride. Mm -hmm. Like just go after people. And it's actually funny what it does to people when you do that. It makes them really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. So <laughs> complain. If you want to be miserable, complain a lot. And to anyone that'll listen, uh, number three, make your life way more stressful than it needs to be. I'm good at that. <laughs> Some people really are. Some people really have a knack for this. One. It's a gift. Personally. Um, but what, what I mean by that, Joe, is a lot of people make things complicated that just don't need to be complicated. <laughs> Well, the, 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 way I, the, the way I look at that from a from a behavioral standpoint is really it's that constantly putting out fires, like constantly reacting to that first thing that happens, right? It's like like whatever comes up is the most important. I have to settle that right now. Where's the next thing that I have to deal with? And you completely lose track of any sort of long-term goals or any vision for your life, and you just become super, super reactive. 
and then, sure. and then you're trying to balance that with with what's actually going on in front of you, and you have like no filter for what's sure. actually important and what isn't. Can I throw Lisa under the bus? Is that allowed on this podcast? I was going right, to that, That's between the two of you. We'll get your counselor on the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask Joe if that's, a, that's symptomatic of someone who's running from something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could that be someone who's running from sitting and dealing with their own stuff? You know, it just as a business owner, like when I was running the gym, uh, I was in, in a lot of different, I guess, consulting groups. What haven't you done? For real. Know, like, I want, right? like a job or one we'll certain do a whole podcast on my whole story sometime so people can really get a feel for really it. They should because you're amazing. <laughs> but I, I mean, that, that was a, such a common thing of like, why is my business not growing? And it's like, well, how did you actually spend your time today? And it was like, well, first, you know, I had to deal with this coach that was having a problem. Then I had to respond to this email and then the phone was ringing off the hook. And it was like, well, at what point did you actually do the things that you said you were going to do last week? And it's like, well, I never got to them. And it's like, so you deprioritized the ability for your business to grow and prioritize meaningless things that probably could have been put off. Right. Yep. And so, so here's, you, need, you need a system to filter through that stuff. On that, on that note, here's where I'm going to throw Lisa under the bus in a hopefully cute way. Because we were talking, we we're actually at the gym. You don't know this. Heather and I were joking around and Ben. Mm-hmm. And Heather does this too. Mm-hmm. Where Lisa says, I need a day off. I need a day to rest. I want a day to do nothing. So the day of nothing comes up, Joe. Mm-hmm. And then she makes plans to train somebody at the gym to go for lunch with her girlfriends, take Jacks to the trampoline park, have dinner with her girlfriends, and then come home and try to clean the house. And at the end of the day, she's like, I didn't get to rest all day. I'm mommed out. I'm mm-hmm. busy. Go, 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 go. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, what the hell? You had a whole day to rest and you chose to do all this stuff? Like, why did you make today so complicated? Why did you try to take on three tasks? Mm-hmm when you didn't need to do any of those things. And one of the, I would say, problems in our relationship that we've had to kind of work out is that I'm a fixer and I try to offer solutions all the time. You're, I think you're a similar person, Joe. Yeah. In where I, I'm like, well, Lisa, this is your fault. You chose to go out. Why would you go out with your friends? And that you're, never landed. You're real good at this fixing thing. <laughs> never landed. And you like, just do this and this and this, but it, it comes across. And, and what I've had to learn to do is is almost let you, Lisa, solve your own problems. Like I'm here to support you. I'm here to help how I can, but I can't be here to write your itinerary for you because you can make stuff. Well, then you, you end up putting yourself in the same boat where now not only are you trying to manage your own shit, but you're trying to manage hers as well. Yeah. You know? And she she does this. I mean I do it to her too, but I'll do it in my life where I think that I'm just going to go to the gym and train five people at the same time and I'm going to take a phone call and then I'm mad that I didn't get my own workout in. Yeah. That's my fault. I did not have to make it that complicated. I just chose to. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, Lisa, you got any insight on that about why you engage in those behaviors? So I always want a day off and then the day off comes and I'm like, I have time for all the things that I want to do. And so I want to take all the things that I want to do all week that I was too busy to do and then I cram them in my day off. Well, let's, let's, let's call this what it is. It's not that you want a day off. You just want a day to focus on other things. I want a day to walk around and do literally whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And what I end up doing is way too much. But at the same time, I have a terrible time and I I can't – I'm incapable of not doing anything. I don't know if it's because I don't like to sit with myself. I don't like to, I don't like that. It doesn't. I don't want to do those things. I'm going to ask Lisa a question. You might have to edit this out though. Okay. 
Lisa, can you tell me why you didn't used to use the dishwasher in your old apartment? I don't, I didn't like to use the dishwasher in my old apartment because I didn't, I was so OCD at that point in my life that I couldn't handle dirty dishes in the dishwasher. You know, uh, it, it can sounds... I tell you a true story. So I got to a point, and this is when I was, I decided that I needed to get married and have kids like sooner rather than later because I started to become way too anal. I'm like, this is a problem where I could not come home from work. And I used to work from four o'clock or like I, my day day started at 5am. I got up at four and I wouldn't get done until 8pm. And I was working full time and I was a full time student. And I literally didn't have time off all day from four, five o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night. And I would get home from work and I f- literally couldn't take my clothes off and leave them on the floor. It was a, I actually challenged myself like, okay, I'm going to take my clothes off. I'm going to put them on the floor instead of in the laundry hamper, like in the closet away and leave them on the floor while I take a shower. Not even like for 24 hours. I was like, while I take a shower <laughs> and I'll come back and put them in the laundry hamper just to ch- make sure that I was capable of doing that because I was so obsessive compulsive at that time mm. that it was like be- becoming a problem. Well, in, in this stuff, Joe, our, a regular thing of ours is it's 10 o'clock at night. We're both exhausted. We're both tired. And there's three dishes in the sink. Oh, I can't handle right. that. Yeah. Lisa yeah. will step an extra hour because it's not just dishes in the sink. Then you're – and by the way, I have the cleanest house in the world thanks to this woman, which is great. <laughs> but then it turns into bleaching the taps. Yeah. Bleach, and like you clean. Whereas I'm like, they'll be there in the morning. Let's go to bed. Yeah, but guess who has to deal with them in the morning? Sometimes me. I have to do dishwashing, <laughs> do the dishes all the time. But Joe, it's about like like what you said, prioritizing what needs to be done right, right now. Right. Yeah. And so there's there's a huge pressure too. Like I think like I see Lisa and, and I feel for, you know, women who've just had a baby, there's a pressure to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. There's a pressure to like work out. There's a pressure to keep the house clean. There's a pressure to get, your get back, back to work. Get your body. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. For six weeks, just worry about the baby. Who cares if the world falls around? Well, that's that's a hard mentality for some people, especially for like, quote unquote, fixers, right? To just sit back and watch a train wreck and not try to to straighten everything out. Yeah. So you put pressure on yourself to like fix everybody else's problems. Yeah. And that's not landed all the time either, because sometimes people just want sympathy or they just want an ear or they they just want to know that somebody cares or complain again Uh because there's something to complain about. The the fourth one, this is a funny podcast, by the way. I'm glad we had you on. The fourth one is learn to hate being alone. I hate yeah. being alone. Well, you're, you want to be miserable. Yeah, great. So basically, learn, I'm the most miserable person on the learn, I'm like, and, oh, I have that one and that one and that one. This is, this is a thing that comes up, and, and I've read this. The number one thing that I think has really diminished mental health in, in Western societies is that nobody has the opportunity to be alone anymore. Nobody can sit with their thoughts for 10 or 15 minutes and actually work through anything. No, there used, there used to be a time there was nothing on TV. Mm -hmm. Maybe one show a night that you liked. There was no VCRs. There was no DVDs. I mean, shit, I grew up in some of these times where we didn't have this stuff. I grew up in a house where we didn't have the computer or the internet. I didn't, have a cell phone until I was 23 years old. Like there were nights where you had to learn how to amuse yourself, Joe. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. yeah. Either one of you seen Frozen? Yeah. Uh, Only about 47 <laughs> billion times. Let's make a Frozen reference. Do you know when um, Anna was by herself and her sister wouldn't play with her and she's like running around her mansion mm-hmm. and like jumping off the walls and she was yep. sitting in front of that old clock and it was like her feet went back and forth and it was like yeah. watching the time go by. 
could you imagine like our children? Like I'm looking at like Landon and Jax, yep. like literally not having a play date or play buddy and not having an iPad, not having a TV, not having toys, like running around a room without anything, like what my child would do well, in a scenario. You know, you would be fine. Like we, we talk about all the time. It's, like it's crazy how stimulated we've become yeah. as like as a society. But there's also we've talked, Lisa, because you're a you're a great mom and really into making sure Jax and Landon and, and the baby are taken care of, but we've talked like we need activities for Jax today. And I'm like, yeah. what activities? He can play in the baseball with his toys. Yeah. Well I he needs hand, to hand him a shoebox and just let him go at it. Like <laughs> We need a, and parents, by the way, do a lot of this stuff. It's like he has every toy under the sun in the basement. But I like how now there's like these apps and these programs that I uh, may or may not have signed up for, for like indoor activities for your toddler during the winter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where it's like, put a piece of tape. This is what you like pay for, right? Put a piece of tape on the ground. Set up a bunch of random cups far away from the tape, depending on the, the distance of the tape and the cups, depends on the age of the child. Right. Hand them cotton balls. Have them throw cotton balls in the cup. And it's like, you know that like years and years, and it, that was a game, right? Yeah. The kids play. Yeah. And at this point, you can sell that. You can because sell. Because people, like, people, yeah, people don't know that. I, I remember because reading ages ago, like the, the moment in most people's day where they actually were most likely to engage in actual deep thought was in the bathroom because they were alone. There was no stimulation in there. And now what does everybody have? A cell phone, the internet. When you're on the internet, you are not engaging in deep thought. The the next time you get upset about your like count on Instagram, Mm -hmm. remember that most people were liking your pictures while they were taking a shit. Yep. That's the the actual truth. But what what you lose is is you lose the ability to self-soothe. I call the, the phone or the TV or your friends on the phone the pacifier. Right. Like it's for a baby. And by the way, Joe, we also grew up in a time where there was no text messages. If you wanted to talk to somebody, there's no cell phones either. Remember when you had one line? Yeah. You had to call somebody somebody on on their landline. Yeah. So, Joe, you're bored at 10 o'clock at night and you want to call your girlfriend up to talk. You had to call her and her dad would pick up the phone and chew you out for being disrespectful for calling Mm -hmm. it. Now, now you know what you can do. Get yourself involved in all kinds of inappropriate Facebook and Instagram. Oh, you just you send you send nudes on Snapchat. <laughs> all, all over the place because you, it's it's Friday night at eleven o'clock. You're miserable and alone, and you can reach out to anyone in the world, yep. and it becomes a problem. So we don't know. It's almost like people become. There's that quote, Joe, about the silence is so loud it's deafening. Yes. They become really uncomfortable with just quiet and just relaxing. And somehow you're – by the way, comparing to other people because this relates, you're less than if you didn't go out, if you don't have a fun story to tell on the weekend, if you didn't take your kids somewhere. Yeah, you're sitting at home by yourself, you know, all anxious because you're certain – you know, your thoughts are – your own thoughts are creeping into your mind. And then you go on Instagram and you see a friend of yours who's drinking champagne on a yacht in in France, you know, and it's like, my life sucks. And that's what people don't like to do. Yeah. But we, or again, it's a recipe for what? Being miserable. There yep. you go. But you see it with your kids, Joe. You yep. can take JoJo to the trampoline park. Mm-hmm. You can take JoJo to like a hike. You can take JoJo, or you can sit JoJo down with two matchsticks and tell her to pretend they're dolls, and she'll play with them and be just as happy. Yeah, yeah. Like I, watched, I watched, I watched Beans and Weebs the other day. Put sunglasses on and get swords and play Blade the Vampire Hunter in the beast. <laughs> And it's like, wow, I would have spent $30 to take them to yeah, right. some 
hoping they had fun and they're having the time of their lives. So if you want to be miserable, learn to hate being alone. Here's number five. Always say yes to every single request. Yeah, yeah. Be a yes, man. Say no. So every time your friend asks you to do something for them, say yes. Every time, Joe, that you're at work and a client wants to switch their schedule, say yes. Mm -hmm. Every time your wife has a chore for you or your mother-in-law or your father-in-law, you make sure you say yes. What's that going to lead to? That's going to lead to you completely deprioritizing yourself in every single situation. And practice, it's the practice of doing so, so it becomes your default action of if anything comes up between you and literally anything else, you are worthless. So it's a great way, if your goal is misery, that is probably one of the best ways that you can find it. And and also make sure, and this is a this is a this is a what, what was it like a pro point, Joe? I guess or like pro advice, yep. if you will, or bro tip, or whatever you want to call. It. <laughs> if you do have the courage to say no, make sure you come up with some type of explanation as well. Yes, so yeah. You have to feel bad. Like what? Whatever happened to someone actually gave really good advice on this. It was Melissa Hartwig actually. She was talking about drinking, and people were pressuring her to drink. And she used to find herself being like, no, I have to drive. And her yeah. point was, was Someone's that always gonna when, when you yeah. tell people that you're going to have to you know, drive, someone comes up with a solution. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to solve that problem. And then you're like, no, well, it's not just that I don't have to drive. I have an early morning tomorrow. Well, you can sleep in. And they look at it as a problem to solve versus just say no and smile. Well, why not? Because I don't want to drink. Like what's wrong with just flat out saying, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a a great quality to have. Lisa, do you have anything to add to that in terms of like – Well, I, I've used that a bunch of times because I was went through a very long period of time where I did not drink. And people would always give me a hard time about it and I, I learned to say no. But that being said, like I've always found like empowerment in like – controlling my schedule because I did a thing where I was when I was coaching I did the same thing where I switched clients or if someone needed an earlier time there I was saying yes coming in at four in the morning you know to coach that one person or what you know did all that to myself until I got to the point when I realized I could say no and it didn't matter why and in fact sometimes people would ask me why and I would make them really uncomfortable They'd be like well, well, well why can't you at noon I'm like oh I have a therapist appointment yeah there so, you oh, go. Yep. I'm sorry and all of a sudden it became very personal yeah and it's yeah. like therapy is nothing that I'm ever embarrassed about, but it's like, you don't, but by the way, it doesn't have to be true. I could yeah. just decide that I want to work out. I could decide that I want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. I could decide that I need to go on a walk. I could decide that that's the hour of the day I turn my phone off and meditate. Yep. It doesn't matter why I don't want to go out with you at noon. It doesn't matter why I won't yeah, take why? a client at noon. Oh, can't you come in and work an extra hour at the gym? No, I can't. Yeah. You know, you, I don't. And, you I said, tell you- and it, this, this is what you're running into next is like, well, you, you said you were busy. And then I saw on Instagram, you were working out. Like, yeah, I yep. decided to work out because I didn't yep. have anything so, scheduled because I told you no. My question is, why can't you just say no? Uh-huh. I'm, th- I'm not doing that. Right. But that's the thing is that it's like you don't need to say no to anybody, but it is kind of fun to throw something really yeah. awkward at somebody. No, and I think girls, sure. girls learn this at a really young age with their gym teacher. I can't work out today. Why? My period. I need a tampon. I just go to my locker. I need a tampon. And it's always like, oh, that's awkward. You can go to your locker and then, you yeah. you know, you and your – because you have to take your best friend to go get your tampon in your locker. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that's like – I don't know, that I think that people, we're too nosy. You know, when well, someone says no, we're like too nosy and we pressure people. Nosy, stupid. but then on the other hand, we feel genuinely bad for saying no. I know. Yeah. Someone asks us for something, and by the way, they don't even care 
Yeah. But we think they're going to care because that's the other, Joe, is that, is that you and Lisa both work for me. And I go up to him and be like, hey, Joe, can you stay an hour late today? And you're like, no, I can't. And then you're thinking he's going to care. The boss, I'm just on to the next. Lisa, do you want to stay today? You're like, yep. Okay, problem solved. Yeah. And I haven't given it a second thought because I know people that keep themselves with anxiety up, you know, all night. The fact they said no to a friend. They said they fact, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's no, you can say no. I don't want to do that. And you don't owe anybody an explanation. Yeah, that, do, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lisa. I said people do care. Sometimes. Sometimes people do care. And that's when you have to stand on your two feet and be confident in who well, this, you are. That, that's exactly where I was going to go with this because that leads right to the next one, which is do not set any boundaries at all. Yeah, have no boundaries. Have no Zero. boundaries is also a great way to be miserable. And that's exactly that is when, when when you do say no and somebody comes back at you, like you have to have a boundary set so that you can stand tall and just say, no, my no means no. Because if you're like, well, I said no and yeah, you caught me. And then the next time you have to give in, well, now you've got no boundaries and now you have no control over yourself at all. You're just at everybody else's whim. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. There's a, there's a. Back in the day when I was when I was younger, before I met Rob, I used to smoke cigarettes. Ooh, it's a very, very, very deep secret, Lisa. But don't worry, Joe, they were American spirits. Oh, okay. um, oh yes, that, so that means they don't count. They're paleo. Okay, so I smoked cigarettes and I didn't drink. So this is like the one thing that I did that I did that made me feel like I fit into the crowd, right? So I'd go out with my friends and they'd be out drinking and I would be at one glass of wine. I'd drink the entire night. It would take me six hours to finish a glass of wine. And I'd go to the bathroom and bring my wine with me and pour it out in the sink because I just didn't like drinking. Mm-hmm. And I always get, is that your first glass of wine? I'm like, no, my God, it's my third, you know, whatever. And I would smoke cigarettes. It just made me seem way more relaxed, right? And so I decided to quit. People didn't like that I didn't smoke first of, or I didn't drink first of all. Like it made people uncomfortable. Yeah. Like if I eventually I would get pushed out of the cool kids circle by the end of the night because I wasn't drunk, and people would feel uncomfortable around the person who's sober. And so I would have to fake it. But finally, I grew up a little bit, stopped faking it. People knew I didn't drink. And I decided to quit smoking. And it's amazing how much people didn't support that to the point where I did lose friends over it. Oh, yeah. Lost friends over not smoking. Like smoking kills you, causes Mm -hmm. cancer. We know this. So no one supported that. But guess who wanted to hang out with a girl that didn't drink and didn't smoke? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, but at the same, I you know I did it because obviously I have boundaries and I have standards for myself, and I did it. But it took you know a lot of I don't know balls, I guess if you will, to be like, no, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to drink, I'm still fun, I can go out and have a good time, but to not give in to peer pressure, to not let people control, because I didn't want to be miserable. You know, yeah. that's but being the- miserable is falling in and keep doing something that. Well, yeah. and, and having no like self awareness at all. Like you, again, we, we we mentioned earlier. Like at some point, you have to do the self work, and you have to mm-hmm. build yourself up and and learn to love yourself because there are parts of who you are that's outside of your control, and so you have to kind of work with what you're given. But yeah. if you do if you do none of that, and you let everybody else tell you what to Dictate be and what, what to do, do and how yeah. to live, and like now you're a cool kid and everything's great, like just just look around and how's that working out for people. That's you know, how's that working out for the, the really popular kids in high school who end up in miserable lives later because they were just trying to please the in crowd? But that's what happened, right? So it's like I quit drinking. I quit smoking. I get married. I move. I cut my hair. I have a kid. I'm living like my best self my best life. Yeah. Like I, I'm confident in who I am. I love who I am. Like all those things. I mean I still got my stuff. That yeah. well, Rob called me out on today, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, it's good. It's good. But it, we all have self work to do, and I did a bunch of that self work. And then I look back at like my old crowd, 
who are doing the same shit with the same people, can't miss a night out, can't be alone with themselves, can't stop complaining, have to keep up with the Jones. They're all doing every every single thing on that list pretty much. Yeah. Will Will always laughs at me. Will's at her gym and he's, he's a good friend. And I can't remember who it was. And they're like, you just have to go to this place for dinner. And I looked at them. I said, I don't have to do anything. And Will laughed so hard. He's like, ouch. Like, cause it's just, that's a very common thing. Oh my God. You and Rob have to come for dinner on Saturday night. No, we don't Yeah, do anything. You know what I'm going to do? Stay at home with my kids. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I want to do. But it's, you know what happens, Joe? You don't want to upset the person. You don't want to not get an invite next time. Right. Yeah. You know, Lisa actually went through this with a person. And we're not going to name any names, but there was a person who always said, why didn't you invite me? I mm. should be invited. Like, how come you didn't call me? And then every time Lisa would call, that person would say no. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for saying no, but you also can't complain if you are going to say no. You can't feel like you're missing out either. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Which that's, becomes a problem. That's something I learned at a really young age, actually. It's one thing that I've never had an issue with is the feeling of being left out. And I remember being in high school. I used to ride horses, right, competitively. So I'd spend three months of my winter. During the winter season, I actually went to a school out in Ocala, Florida. And I would ride in Florida in the winters. And then in the summers, I'd spend three weeks in Trevor City up north in Michigan, three weeks in uh, Kentucky. And so I was gone a lot, right? So for a high school kid, that's like I miss Sadie Hawkins dances. I miss homecomings. I miss like a lot of stuff. And so I remember that all my friends would hear all these stories, right? Like when I first started missing like the cool parties and all that, and I'd hear all these stories about what this person did and what Sarah did and what Katie did. And, oh my God, Patrick did this. And I'd get so jealous until I'd come home and I'd go to these parties and and it was Sarah did this and Katie did that. It was the best night ever. And I was like, so basically I missed nothing. Like when I was gone, I missed nothing. You guys, the same shit, same toilet, different day. Like, it's the same thing. So I'm not missing anything. And I realized that when I was younger and I've always, and I've always kept it with me. Like I had that epiphany one day and I like, I was shit. I was like 16 years old when I, you know, went through that. And I was like, I don't need to feel bad on missing stuff, especially when I'm missing stuff to ride my favorite thing to do in life. Right. So it's like, I just, it didn't make me not cool. It didn't. And I I guess what else I always had friends. Mm -hmm. Like when I it wasn't like the people that I would, you know, go out with and I didn't, I missed one party. They weren't my friends anymore. Of course, I, they were all still my friends. So it like didn't do damage to me. You know, it didn't damage my social life. If it didn't, I still had a social life and it didn't ruin, you know, my friendships with people. So it's like, there was no, you know, the hey, pressure just, we put on ourselves to miss out, I think is, yeah. you're just, not missing anything. You were just fine. Yeah, I was just fine. Uh, so, so have zero boundaries. Number seven, Joe, surround yourself with idiots. Yeah, this is a good one. Boy, you, a good, can, you, you can wreck your life real fast taking taking this one to heart. Just just around dumb people. We were talking about the negativity thing. If you have five people in a gym and they're just acting normal, not complaining, not being overly positive, if one person walks in and complains about the equipment, Joe, guess what everybody does? They all start complaining. They all start complaining. So you need to look on your Facebook page and find people who compare themselves to other people who complain a lot, who make life way more stressful than it needs to be, who learn to who hate being alone, 
who always say yes and have zero boundaries, surround yourself with those people because yeah, just, that just, will make you because this will create that echo chamber of just constant self-defeating thought patterns. No. You know, so this, is, this you- is what I said. Uh, we were prepping for this. I'm like, the big advice here is to quit watching any kind of network news for a while and just see yeah. how much better your life becomes when you're not constantly hounded with negativity. So, you know what we call this, Joe? War mm. council. Yeah, yeah. So so Lisa and I have a fight. We have an argument. What's she going to – I'm not saying you're going to do this, babe, but just hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. You're going to round up all your friends that are going to second your opinion. And, yep. and you know what, Joe? You do the same thing and so do yep. I and so does everybody else. If you have an issue, you call your friends who you know are going to agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and so what I mean by that is you have a gripe with Netflix. You're not going to call your buddy Ethan who's like, I love Netflix. This is, no, no, no. You need to call somebody that hates Netflix as much as you do yeah. so you guys can have your war counsel and you can get your backup. Yep. You know what I mean? So surround yourself with people like that that aren't going to check you, people that aren't going to support you, people that aren't going to tell you the truth, people that aren't going to tell you. One of the things I love most about my wife is you kind of tell me what's what. Like, Joe, if I complain about something, she's like, oh, boo-hoo. Mm-hmm. God, this sounds horrible. Or you call me the P-word, yep. which is not very nice and very off-brand for you. <laughs> very <laughs> off-brand. She called, she called me that. Which, You're a pussy. I'm like, babe, considering you have lifting women on your T-shirt and you stand for empowerment, I find it very off-brand for you that you <laughs> word, implying that I'm weak because I have female parts. I, someone said that to me once. I don't – I like, I like all words, pussy, bitch, all those things. I do use them. I can't lie. Um, but someone said, they were like, I went to lift and they went, don't be a bitch. And I took the bar and like PR'd my bench press. I was like, yeah, don't be a bitch. And he was like, after my lift, he's like, I am so sorry for saying that. I did not mean, I was like, no, 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 man. That just like, in my fire. Like, I, like, that was great. And he was like, I realized after I said it, you know, he like poor guy, like realized one of two things was going to happen. I was either going to fuck me up royally or it was going to like make me <laughs> look good. You know, I looked well. It was just funny. But, like, I like those words. Yeah, but one of the things I do love about you is that you will check me. I do. Like, I, I check everybody. Like I have to say that like I am one of those honest people. Like my girlfriend's like, I'll give them a compliment. I'm like, oh my God, you're so nice. And I look at them and I'm like, you, you know that I'm not, right? Like we're not that. And then they, they laugh and they're like, I know. And I'm like, I wouldn't give you a compliment if I didn't mean it. And that's the, the nice thing about being an honest person and telling people how I feel in my opinion. And like, you know, and I do it nicely. I'm not rude, but at the same time, I'm not really a yes man. And so yeah. um, I'm like, that's the great thing is when I give you a compliment, you really know I mean it. Like I'm not a bullshitter. I don't like yeah. to blow smoke up someone's just, to, you know, for no reason. Like it's just not my, not my game. Yeah. Yeah. Check you, Bobby Maximus. Yeah. But kind of like the thing, Joe, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired. She's like, why'd you work out twice today? Oh, I did say that to you today. Like, <laughs> yeah, play. Oh, honestly, hey, that's that a was, good one. You know what? <laughs> yeah, like that's a really good point, Lisa. When I say surround yourself with idiots, you know what other people will do? Oh no, I know it's so hard. You have a new baby. Mm-hmm. You're working extra hours at work. You have kids. It's normal to be tired. You do you, Bobby. No, I want a friend that's going to tell me, like, dude, you're an idiot. You worked out twice yesterday. You can't tell me you're tired. Well, especially when I remember Joe, the podcast we did before baby, mm-hmm. that was like, I'm going to wind my training down and I'm going to just do one workout and a couple yeah. of heavy lifts. 
call it a day. He comes up to me and he's like, so I'm going to pick up a couple extra days of jujitsu. And uh, I just yeah. trained twice today. And then comes in and he's like, I'm so tired. And I was like, good plan, Rob. Like, just yeah. keep cranking those workouts <laughs> up your jujitsu. I'm like, you know what, babe? I'm like, the baby is two weeks old. Two yeah. weeks old. Like, give it a month, bro. Like, Patience, come on. Like, yeah. just. Yes, you're, be patient. Like you're, yes, you're tired. It's not abnormal to be tired. Like it just called you out hard. But don't like, don't, don't go. But I also know the friends, like I said, to go to where I'm going to get the sympathy. I know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, Joe? Like well, this, this, I know this, with this, you, this whole thing can be wrapped up in the phrase. Like if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. So like your your self-improvement stops when you've kind of maxed out your area. So if you, if you want to stop being a better person and you want to be a miserable, horrible person, like go into the room where you are the best person in the room and keep that chip on your shoulder. Cause it's going to help you a lot along the dark side. So surround yourself with idiots. The next take advice from random people on Instagram, <laughs> because that's Cause it's always good advice. Oh, and someone's share it and, and say, Oh, this is so inspiring. And Oh my God. <laughs> You know what I mean? I can't. I can't. Some of the shit that I've received on my Instagram, I can't. Yep. So take and, – and, and the next part, Joe, I'll, I'll put this in the same category. Read every self-help book some guy recommends. Yeah. Oh, my God. This one drives me nuts because there, there are some like really, really you know uh, great people that I respect who will tell you like, you know, you should read this book. You should read that book. And I will probably take that to heart. But again, having been through all these like different consulting firms and how to build your business, it was like a thing of like, what book are you reading this week? What book are you reading this week? And it's like, if I need to read a new self-help book every week, is there ever a point where I'm actually like good to go? Is there ever a point where I can actually say I'm in a point where I'm, I'm achieving what I set out to achieve and I don't need to constantly have somebody like inferring there's a problem? And, and part of the reason why this is a problem for people is it's just how you sell things, right? So if, you, if I want to sell you a refrigerator, I have to convince you that you, you need the refrigerator first. I have to tell you there's a problem that you didn't know you, you needed. This is, uh, selling, selling a refrigerator to like an Eskimo, right? Is that yeah. the proper term, Bobby, for a native – we, we, I actually, I actually, as part of my cultural heritage, because I am, I am, well, a, a quarter, I, I prefer to be called an Inuit. Inuit. Okay. So if you're trying to sell a refrigerator to an Inuit, you have to convince the Inuit that there's a problem with what they're doing and then provide the solution. And so a lot of these self-help books, the very first chapter is, here's everything that's wrong with you. And then the book addresses the problems that they laid out. So these problems may not even be my problems. I may not even realize that that was my problem until I read that first chapter in the book. So, so two things. Constantly, constantly like you're never good enough. You're never nope. good enough. You have to keep reading these books because you will never actually be finished with this project. Yeah. Two things. One, I'm going to forgive you because you're an American and you don't deal with, with, with my people a lot. <laughs> but if we're ever on Canadian soil, you call me an Eskimo. That's a racially charged uh, term, you're going to be picking up your teeth like chicklets. So refer to me as an Inuit from now on, Joe. You've been put on notice. That's number one. <laughs> number two, um, I was at Beans' school yesterday, my 11-year-old picking them up, and they had all these self-help books on the table for parents when you walk in. Mm-hmm. And one of them was deal with a spoiled child. <laughs> and I was it's just, it's just the title of the book is like who somebody else has spoiled your child and now you have to deal with them. Like, I wanna, come on. <laughs> I, wanna, 
I want to, I want to, like, I was like, I want to buy this book. So I, I started looking at it and it had all these chapters. Like the first step is realizing you have a problem. And it's like a lot of parents don't have, I kind of sped read through the thing, won't admit their kid is spoiled. And then they, you need to set boundaries and you need to like do all these things. And I was like, oh my God, did you, I do this? Is this why I have problems with my kid? No, 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 I'm good. I need to put this book down. It's filling my head with all kinds of problems that I don't have. Yeah. I don't need the special book. I don't need to pay Challenger School $15 so that I can learn how to be a better parent. I think me and my kids have a good relationship. But you start looking through these books and imagining that you have all these problems that yes. you didn't even think of before. Or the other way to do this, Joe, and this is if you want to play a dangerous game, next time you're sick, put your physical symptoms into Google. Oh, geez, yeah. No, you're dying. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm running downstairs. Lisa, I think I have the bubonic plague. What <laughs> makes you think that I had I had blood in my gums and I was coughing? It's the bubonic plague, huh? Like you it just gives you all of these things. Don't look on Google for your symptoms because it's going to end up bad. You making symptoms up, yeah. right? Like you start. That's what happens is like you start making shit up where it's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden you're down this whole rabbit hole of like, I think I have this. I think, you know, you don't. You, your your gums weren't hurting two seconds ago. Yeah. Like, you know, all of a sudden that you have a cough and it's a blood pain cause of bleeding gums. You go brush your teeth and decide that you're bleeding, you know, too yeah. hard. You deny your, your gums are bleeding. It's like, no, you just, you can start yeah, making, Joe. you make shit up. You, you, you think you have typhoid, polio, the black lung just because you looked on Google. Here, um, just, while we were talking, I actually just went to WebMD and I put in a uh, painful toe because like I stubbed my toe, right? I could have the gout. I could have uh, Morton's neuroma. I could have a subacute bacterial uh, endocarditis, uh, metatarsalagia, uh, possibly a blood clot in my legs. Oh, this is a lot yeah. of things. Joe, the next <laughs> you need to go down on a whole road and you're like, oh my God, I think I have this. Well, this, that's this, actually – I challenge you to do me. the next thing. Read a couple more of the symptoms with one of those and then see if all of a sudden you start feeling that way. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like headache. You know, yeah, I have lost a little weight. I have got a headache yesterday. Oh, I've got too. So well, yeah, get, then you're sitting in the doctor's office being like, yeah, I need to be treated for the gout. And he's like, wait, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> I got it on WebMD. Poor doctors. Yeah. So the, the, the final one, Joe, and I, I didn't know how to word this, um, but have affairs and seek emotional validation from others. This, this is a catch all for engage in a bunch of behavior that, you know, is shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Which people do. Like the things that you would never tell other people about. We kind of talk about how a racist never wants to admit they're racist mm-hmm. because they know inherently it's wrong. Like go go involve yourself in some good old-fashioned racism, have an affair, uh, be a misogynist, uh, you know. Uh, slag some people on the internet because that's always good to make you really happy. Put some other people down. Oh yeah, uh, post it all over Twitter because that doesn't that doesn't come back to haunt you, know, you ever. Fire some people up on Twitters. Uh, here's another good one, Joe. If you are really happy and you want to feel miserable, go try to wash your problems away with alcohol because that's another smart yeah. choice to do. Um, even when you know, like I've heard people say, "Wow, I I, you know, I really a rough day. I shouldn't be having a drink right now. Pour me a triple." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it's a catch-all. Not saying literally go have an affair, stuff, <laughs> but like, go start drinking. Pick up a habit. Pick up a because it's funny what we do as human beings when we're under a lot of stress. What do we do? We try to cope with that stress with things that are going to make us more stressful. Oh, well, that yeah. makes sense to me. 
But then someone's like, oh, I just had a bad day or I'm unorganized. And so everything just fell apart. And I'm like, but don't you want to control the one thing you can control? Yeah. Like- Which is for me, like, and this is why I, I coach nutrition. And I kind of, I have, I, I learned this from Ashley, actually, Borden, who mm-hmm. I love the phrase, I have no sympathy. I have empathy, but I have no sympathy. Right. So I'm like, yes. Because for me, food, hand to mouth, like eating, is something you can control. Yep. In my opinion opinion i'm like you're picking up your hand putting it in a bag of chips and putting it into your mouth you have control over your hand you know when um do you watch liar liar with uh jim, jim carrey, carrey oh, yeah of course and he's like the pen is blue the pen is blue yeah. and he's trying to say this pen red, and he wrote drew all over his face like you're not jim carrey you have control over your hands you know like that yeah you don't tell me that you didn't have control over your hand going into the bag and going in your mouth and so i just don't have sympathy for people who are like oh i I just i fell apart i had one bad meal a bad lunch and so therefore i had six bad snacks and a terrible dinner i'm like i can't you control what you can control like if you can control what goes into your mouth why wouldn't you have a bad lunch why wouldn't you over control dinner in your snack like why not just end on a good note like okay i fucked lunch up but you know what? I did really good at dinner and I had a really great snacks and it ended up being an okay day. So, so my favorite, why do you want to self, yeah. what's that called? When you like crash your own medication? No, no, no. Like you self definate, like self uh, detonate yourself. Def- you uh, yeah. self sabotage. Yes. There you go. But Joe, it's like, it's like exactly Lisa's point. You're upset because you're fat. Mm-hmm. You're upset because you're out of shape. You're upset because your wife told you she doesn't find you attractive anymore. So how are you going to deal with that? You're going to go drink a – you're going to go drink, drink 20 more. ounces of vodka and eat a giant bag of Doritos because that's Helpful. going to solve your problems. Yeah. Well, I mean and even you know, just, just from like a real base level, just even a physical level, like just give up trying to eat healthy. In fact, go out of your way to eat the most processed, you know – over over complicated food you can start drinking regularly start smoking regularly experiment with some uh, some harder drugs like throw some crack yeah. in there you know get on the get on the old meth <laughs> and then tell me how much happier you are but right? that's the thing that makes sense it's like if you had one bad thing happen in a day Give I don't nine more what, bad yeah. Things. Why just are you giving like yourself nine more shitty things? And it's actually funny because back in the day when I was smoking, just to t- tie this back in there, I was going through a lot in my life. Like I had a lot going on with work, and then my parents ended up losing their business, and my parents got divorced. My dad became an alcoholic. I, a lot. Of, I got out of a relationship. Like a lot of things happened at one time. Like literally within a few months. And my mom had a stroke. And anyway, I just decided to quit smoking. Smoking. And everyone looked at me and they were like, this is a really bad time to quit smoking. And I was like, I'm sorry, but this is just not a great time. Like, why don't you wait till a better time to quit smoking? And I was like, well, because I was like, but what if things get worse? Right. Then am I fucked? Like, if the rest of my life gets worse than it is right now, like, am I never going to quit smoking? Like, how? I don't, no, why would I, but again, I, my life is out of control. A lot of bad things are happening, like, that I can't control. Why, like, I don't understand why I would want to give myself one more problem. Like, no. smoking's a problem problem like why not eliminate some of the yeah, some of the yeah. bad again, shit again it's, it's one of the things you can control right and if and if we sit around waiting for like the right time for things to happen we're going to be waiting a okay. really long time stuff happened but at the same time but what does everyone expect me to do in that scenario right like oh your parents got divorced let's light up a cigarette and go drinking oh you got a relationship let's smoke and go drink you know what I mean that's what you're supposed to do when you're stressed out is to smoke cigarettes drink and eat like shit yeah I mean Joe I I would I would never give Lisa the advice of trying to better herself under stress I I would have said you know go uh Sleep with your sister's boyfriend. Uh, start drinking um, <laughs> eat some bad food. Uh, oh, go rack up a bunch of credit card debt right. at Saks or, or, or 
Bobby, I know you're really upset that you didn't PR your deadlift today. So what we're going to do is we're going to head out to Taco Bell. We're going to eat our yeah. stupid on gorditas and drink a six-pack each to, to, you know. And hopefully that's going to help I hope we can come in tomorrow and try again. <laughs> but that's, like, very real. Like, people do that. And I just don't get it. Like, I'm just one of those people. I just don't understand that. Quit working out. You should have done that. I should give you a that. whole list of but things. But it's funny because yeah. I just, I got really OCD, became paleo, and, like, overtrained. Yeah, under, I mean, I did a lot of weird I controlled my life in other ways. But sm- like, but think about it, really. When I was going through all that stuff, I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I started working out, and I started eating paleo. It didn't – the paleo thing ended up biting me in the ass years down the road. But at the same time, it's like, at least I took my health into consideration. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got healthy. Like I didn't give myself- some things kind of came out of all of that, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's it. But I could have gone the other way. I could have yeah. done the thing, you know, sleep with everyone in town and drink and smoke and go start doing drugs. And in fact, people people were impressed I didn't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that you didn't, like, fall off the, you know, the, the wet. Make some, a train wreck. I thought you were going to become a train make wreck. Make some bad life choices, Well, Joe. I got set up for it. I mean, really, the scenario I was in was really a perfect setup for those things to happen. But that's what most people do. And then they wonder why they're a mess. So, this has been our advice today. we got to wrap this up. This is a long one. <laughs> for a long time on this yeah we, we could uh, but thank you very much Lisa for, for being on the podcast we always love having you here yeah. we love hearing you you're a, a, a bright and gifted person and you add a lot to our podcast oh, so we appreciate it so kind I, I'm a very kind person um, <laughs> but remember if you want to be miserable compare yourself to other people complain make your life way more stressful than it needs to be learn to hate being alone say yes to everything get rid of your boundaries surround yourself with idiots and morons take advice from people on instagram read self-help books and then engage in a bunch of destructive shit that will cover it mm-hmm. i think that's a good list joe yeah i mean yeah if, if our goal here is to destroy as many lives as possible this is a pretty good start <laughs> We ruined people. I hope we get an eight-star review on the podcast where someone's like, five stars, your advice on how to be miserable working. You've ruined my life. You guys are the best. Do not – if you are listening, do not fucking leave that review. That will ruin us. Well, actually, as long as we get five stars, I'm good for it. All people there's care about no it. such thing as bad publicity, Bobby. <laughs> all right. Well, this, this has been the Maximus Podcast. You want to continue this conversation? TheMaximusPodcast.com. Join the inner circle. Warning, by joining the inner circle, you will not be a miserable person. So, And I realized, I realized another side effect of joining the inner circle is that you're probably going to need to buy shirts with bigger sleeves because everybody that gets in the group gets jacked arms. It just seems yeah, to be happening. And then there's nothing wrong with that, too. I want jacked arms. You want my jacked arms? What do you do from holding the baby all day? Yeah. That's jacked arms. Right. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.